Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be discussing the franchise business model and how it relies on business process frameworks with Bob Volp, managing partner at Volp Consulting and Accounting Services. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hi, I'm your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and with me is my co-host, Artur Goya, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today we'll be talking about processes and frameworks in franchise businesses, and we're excited to have with us our guest, Robert Volp, Managing Director at Volp Consulting and Accounting Services, who agreed to share his experiences with us. Hello, Robert. Oh, uh, excited, excited. Um, I will be, I mentioned it to you previously. Uh, I'm receiving, I think, once a week. Today, I got one. Uh, offers of getting a franchise. People are saying, oh, you have great job experience. Uh, how about you become a franchisee? Uh, and I think it's our audience. Uh, there are probably a lot of senior managers who get such offers uh, mm, daily, not weekly like me. Um, mm. We would like to ask you as a professional who works with franchises since what year you said? 14. Well, it goes back to 1988, but, but uh, in this capacity uh, since 2014. Yeah. So, uh, like, could you tell us what it really takes to run a franchise like it's it's sold like yeah it's you just you know become a franchisee and you all you do is count the money that clients bring you i i have doubts if something sounds to be good to be true usually it is so tell us what, that's the pitch isn't it that's the pitch yeah so yeah. what it really takes you know to to to, to become a franchisee like how I, I this think I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, how this business differs from starting your own business? Does it differ really much? Like, mm. there is there is a lot of support uh, in the in the uh, in the offering in the beginning stages. Um, I, I think one of the one of the traps uh, is that um, people tend to believe that because they they have uh, purchased a, a, a franchise that um, they're going to learn everything they need to learn about operating the business. And in truth, they're going to learn everything they need to learn about what the franchise requires of them. Um, they're going to get training in the field if they don't have training in the field and, and so forth. But um, uh, by and large, people who have no experience in business um, or they have their own set of expectations. Uh, they're going to they're going to have some difficulty because that's just not part of their support mechanism in the franchise world. Um, and, and they do try. They do try. They have uh, operate operation uh, uh, people that are in the field. They have they call them coaches, uh, um, operations 
uh, people uh, different different terminology, but um, they do try to make sure that the investment in time that the franchisor is putting in um, is paying off and uh, and they have as little attrition as possible. Um, I, I think one of the problems uh, that people encounter is is and and whether they're uh, just a, a person that has a, a 401k that they roll over to fund the business or maybe they're a, a high-level corporate executive. I, I think the reality of dealing with employees and customers, uh, clients on a, on the grassroots level is, is, is the shock to the system. So if, if, I, if I wanted to, to, to start a business like this, uh, do you, would, you, would you recommend kind of having already some experience run, running a, another business, kind of having a, 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 a company that, you know, pe- are, I'm trying to formulate a question, maybe people who've already, already run a business kind of either kind of sold it off or run it to the ground, but have some kind of experience in running, running a company, would they be good candidates for a, for a franchisee? They might be better than than someone that came in cold. Um, you know, there again, you, you don't know the the uh, business acumen of of the people that are are you know walking in and, and starting up a business from scratch. They do have quite a bit of enthusiasm, and that carries them through the difficult phases in in many cases. Um, but someone with a little seasoning, um, of course, the banks are going to like it better. Uh, the franchisor might like it better if if they don't want to. Um, drain you up in their in their method from scratch, but uh, I don't I don't know that they really have much uh, of an advantage other than the seasoning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it sometimes I mean it really depends on the person. Sometimes it can work in the reverse. You know, I, I've talked to people that said, I, you know, don't you wish we we knew then when we got in what we know now? And I I said, you know, nobody would ever do it if they knew, <laughs> you know, if they knew in the beginning what they know at the end. For, for are, there are there different franchises that like some franchises pre- prefer uh, fresh people, other prefer more more seasoned ones uh, with different kind of attitude towards beginners? Yeah, I, be- I believe there are. There are some franchises that I've been involved with over the years that um, are more people oriented and they're more, I call it franchisee friendly. Um, where they're looking for good people that they can groom and and assist along the way. Um, I I was you know involved in a situation where I really didn't want another franchise. My partner and I were had a franchise that we um, we were successful at, and the new franchise uh, they they kind of romanced us a little bit. They actually um, canceled the um, the. The, the person that had a deposit on the territory and they 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 uh, guaranteed our loan um, because they liked the way we operated the previous business um, but um, it lasts for as long as it lasts and and uh, unfortunately I think franchising right now is has has morphed into everybody reads everybody else's FDD the franchise disclosure document they emulate each other and uh, Try to extract the most uh, value and benefit out of the franchisee, oftentimes at the franchisee's expense. You know, mm-hmm. make it difficult for them to uh, to to make ends meet. Uh, there's one right now that is, they're 
in the renewal contract, they're cutting the territories in half. So, I, you know, I think that they're they're treading on legal grounds there, but uh, you know, the the future will will determine that. But so, 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 so yeah, to answer your question, I, I think there are there are there are several different uh, uh, approaches out there for franchisors, and mostly because they a lot of them are are just good business ideas that somebody has taken them to a franchise from an independent and uh and they're they're selling uh, the idea so uh, what what one can expect from from a fran- franchiser uh if i am potential franchisee and i have a you know multiple franchisers approaching me how how about to become a a, a, fr- a franchisee like uh what should i look for what should i expect from from a good franchiser and what i should expect to give back to the franchiser like what is the what are the options if somebody just got his first offer uh, like you know so he doesn't jump you know headlong uh, what what, sh- what what should he think of getting and giving back um personally i My personal opinion would be um, take whatever information they give you and then look for something in that industry, if that's where you want to be, that hasn't tried to solicit you um, because they probably don't need to, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, realistically, the, doing, the, doing the, the homework on the front end is just critical because um, we support franchises that uh, – Um, in an aggregate, they have a negative net profit, um, and they're a decent business. They're a good business. Uh, others that are just, they make money a very, very, they make some substantial, substantial money, and um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you could go to the SBA, and they'll give you a list of the most successful franchises and the worst ones. Now, they'll loan equally on both ends of that spectrum, but there is a big difference. You know, mm-hmm. so I would say do the homework, find out uh, what the what you're really getting into. Yeah, and in the, terms the, the of the, is, mm-hmm. okay, Marion, sorry. No, no. The, the 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 question is like you know, what do I get except of the brand? Okay, so so I get the brand, I get the business idea. Is there anything else I should expect that 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 I will get? I don't know the the the, the SOPs or or like Here, what is what is it that I really get from franchiser like? What you'll get is you'll you'll get the um, the operational support from a good franchise. You should get um, an opening uh, blast or an opening burst uh, where you, where they might even have people um, at the facility doing you know marketing, doing the selling, getting you just um, uh, just a quick start, you know, a real blast to uh, to to bring people in. Um, it's a little messy after they leave, but. But um, it's it's a good effort, especially it does accelerate the the growth. But um, you, you should get a substantial amount of training, uh, ongoing training, software that uh, will let you operate the business um, without uh, a bookkeeping system. Not that you don't need one, but uh, it's a either a CRM or a, or a POS system, a point of sale system. Um, beyond that. You're paying royalties for the privilege of using the name. You'll have some name recognition and some advertising, but most of the time, the advertising is uh, has has uh, gone to uh, national accounts, and 
it's not necessarily to support a franchisee in a location. It's it's to build the brand awareness nationwide. So they're doing more good in an area that doesn't know about that particular franchise uh, than it's doing for that particular franchisee in a in a town that you know that they they got to do their own marketing. Sure. Okay. And uh, so, okay. Arthur, in terms of in terms of the, the the support that you provide now that your your work with the with the franchises. What kind of uh, what what kind of um, services do you provide to them? We provide the basic accounting services. Uh, um, you know, our bread and butter obviously is the bookkeeping, taxes, and tax preparation, and um, uh, payroll. Um, <clears throat> but we also try to offer, um, and, and this is coming from you know my input as a as a business owner and operator for the last 34 years, I, 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 I would most value uh, more enhanced reporting and uh, some FaceTime with my accountant. Uh, for example, we do a full financial analysis with our bookkeeping clients as often as twice a year by request because they're steering a ship and it gets off course pretty regularly uh, for a lot of different reasons. And we want to just be able to refocus it, um, kind of give them an idea of where they're overspending, where their 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 inefficiencies are, and as compared, and we do benchmarking, uh, which is I think is very important, as compared to their trajectory, where their peers will land, and what the difference is, and then we back up into the operations and look at what's creating that problem and how to rectify it. Um, and I think that's that's the most important thing that we do for our for our clientele. So this is th these are services that uh, kind of are over and above what they get from the franchise itself, right? So the the franchise would normally you said they provide some support, but this is more more focused and more personal service that they get as kind of almost uh, um, standalone business owners, right? Yeah, and you know, I mean, we're supposed to be financial professionals, so um, we we. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. One franchise system, which is a very large one that we work with, in the past they had um, a profitability uh, uh, segment of their of their uh, operations support, and uh, periodically the operations manager would come in and do what they'd call a profit finder, and you know the the franchisees all called a profit loser because they didn't know what they were doing. Um, so we we provide that support in a, in a, a little bit more um, meaningful way, and the best way I've heard it described is is uh, I talked to a franchisor from England that wanted to open uh, locations in the United States. Their biggest problem was uh, the support and and the the support mechanism, and they felt like we would be a good fit because they thought we would handle the financial support. Um, uh, so that they they had resources, the franchisees had resources to come to to get you know financial information and financial help as far as that as far as it went. And um, I think there are other firms out there doing stuff like that, but um, I feel like uh, we've got a pretty good niche because mm. people are thirsty for knowledge, are thirsty for information, and they can't do it all. I mean, the plan when you open the business before you open the business is I'm going to do the bookkeeping, I'm going to do the banking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you know, when they get in there, you know, it's just a hair, a lot of times it's hair on fire. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> every day is a, is a challenge 
what do they say uh, in boxing? Um, everybody's got a plan until uh, you get hit in the face, right? It's Mike Tyson. <laughs> right. Well, you know, when a business owner walks in the door, he gets hit in the face with all kinds of problems that just kind of derail his 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 plan for the day, and 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 that that's kind of the reality of of small and medium sized businesses. I, I so just I, following. I Follow, following on uh, on this question, just if if I may, uh, if you specialize with working with franchises, but how how does your approach then differ if you if you were to approach an, a non franchise business, uh, any a, a standalone business, would would you have a different approach, or would 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 your services still apply? We our services would be just slightly different. We do about half of our portfolio is um, is just independent businesses. Uh, around the country, and um, the the difference would be, um, for example, for a franchise business, we want the 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 corporate reports, the reports from the franchise, or the the royalty reports, the um, uh, any other documents that we can get to get some detail. Um, so when we're looking at the analysis portion, we can we can look at the marketing plan and say, you know, uh, definitively. Here's here's the budget for the marketing plan to achieve this result, um, but uh, we don't have that with the with the independents. We we have to go off of what they they have available. But in in having that conversation, we're able to hopefully leverage them up in the response that they get from their marketing, you know, uh, whatever marketing arm they're using, um, <clears throat> from their uh, their benefits uh, for the employees, uh, give them knowledge and information about. What their options are to get a better employee, a longer-lasting employee, someone who's going to stick with the company and perform better, but just by virtue of the fact that they're being compensated uh, with a full package rather than them, you know, having to, you know, flip uh, flip their 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 employees uh, so often. Uh, I would guess that there, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that there are, let's say, both franchises on B 2 B and B 2 C uh services or or of offerings uh is there an either if because I, i can recall many franchises on b2c segment but uh, i would expect that b2b can also be franchised so to speak uh is there any difference between them like because i i i guess that 90% of of the business is getting clients and mm -hmm. i think it's it's when you have you know brick and mortar shop that you just put the sign of the well-recognized brand uh, above the door is a bit different than when you need to actively go and hunt for for clients as we probably both know it's uh, is the case in the case in i don't know consulting or any b2b2c services yeah i i think they're very similar and, and uh that they both exist in the franchise world um i i own a b2b uh business and um The, the difference is your your uh, sales, you know, your sales successes are larger, um, but they're more volatile and they're more uh, susceptible to be uh, stolen. Your uh, B 2 C, it's a smaller transaction, um, uh, more of them, but um, you lose one, you don't lose, uh, you know, 20% of your of your revenue. So there are, you know, upsides and downsides too, but I think they both exist uh, equally successfully in the in the franchising world for sure. So you said there is this list of uh, there is this list of uh, 
profitable and 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 not so profitable franchises uh from your experience working with many franchisers like what you said that right now they are all trying to 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 learn what are each other's uh contracts and they become more and more unified like what differentiates good franchises like profitable franchises from from not so successful ones I think a lot has to do with uh, the market and and you know what's hot now. You know, um, I mean, for example, this is not definitive list by any means, but um, uh, elderly home 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 based elderly care is is very very profitable at this point in time. It's uh, uh, it defied the laws of COVID and and they just they exploded during during 2020. Um, uh, Hydration spas, you know, where you, you have a, a bag and, and, a, and an injection. And mm-hmm. Those are those are popular now, but I don't know how long that would last. But uh, at the moment, you know, a, a lot of them are doing well. But I would I would look at the long term, you know, w- which which ones have the staying power and not just the survival, you know, uh, where your 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 nose is just above the waterline. Um, but uh, you know, they, there are some solid performers out there that uh, really—they may demand a premium, but it, it definitely uh, pays off uh, very quickly, very quickly. Because um, you can operate for years at a negative uh, uh, at a negative net profit for and, and hang on, and uh, it's just—it's not productive. It's not helpful. It's not. It's very demoralizing. Those those the, the, those uh, high performers do they do they operate? I would say in a stable market. I know I can imagine a couple of products like I don't know coffee, toilet paper, or you know some couple of other uh, goods which are always you know needed. Uh, sometimes in combination, sometimes not. Uh, yeah, so 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 those those high performers do, do they perform high because they have just good market and 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 stable market or is their support let's say really worth more and like you know uh... I don't think the support is is the key I, I think it, it is helpful and and if and these franchises they more or less all of them have a, a an annual convention. And that is used to motivate people and you know train people, but the, the training it's it's all with the the the, uh, the uh, intent of breathing new life into a a tired you know uh, person. Um, but I, I think I think Oops. good ideas are good ideas, and they they last a long time. I mean, people want they want good coffee, they want uh, you know certain things, and those businesses are going to continue to prevail. You know, uh, I think whether or not they have support, they'll they would find it uh, either through a peer or through their own means. But uh, I don't think it, it has a make it or break it aspect to the to the support. Uh, what would be the 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 first when you decide to 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 get uh, you know become a franchisee? What would be the the first step of like you know? when you when you open this business is it any different i know that you get uh 
you get this uh, operation support you get you get with sometimes with people who come and uh, uh, give you this this kickoff uh, quick start uh, but are there any like things that you should make sure so you don't fall? You, you said that there are these problems uh, after these people leave. So, so what would be the the key steps to ensure that uh, your business will not collapse after these people uh, leave? I ideally, I mean, you're going to go to the corporate headquarters for training, uh, and a lot of people don't pay enough attention to that. Um, but I would say, you know, absorb as much as you can as far as the training goes. Um, educate yourself on the industry, which is the best protection you could have. But if you feel like you, you're, I mean, I, when I bought my first franchise, I bought two stores. I had no idea about the industry or how it worked. And I relied heavily on the managers that I had in, that I had put in place. And I, I think uh, a good support staff that, that meets the criteria that you need to meet, whether they're educated, whether they're trained, whether they're uh, seasoned. Um, I, I think that's ideal if 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 they can if they can manage that. Um, you can handle a lot more volume. You have more freedom to operate on the business rather than in the business, which keeps a lot of small businesses from uh, proliferating, keeps them from growing uh, because their their head is. The head is in the business, so I, I would say the best thing they can do is surround themselves with people that are competent, um, if they can. It, it's funny because general. that 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 uh, phrase, you know, working on the business rather than in the business, it's it's been on the show. It's it's a constant theme on 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 the show, and uh, it's uh, like it always seems that having a solid framework, solid process that works. Uh, inside your business enables you to 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 elevate yourself out of it and kind of almost let the machine run itself we had a a, a great episode with uh, uh, with uh, Jamie from uh, b- um, uh, bottleneck bottleneck uh, distant assistance Jamie J who, bottle- who inspired us to start actually the podcast Yes, uh, the the gentleman basically has a a, a business that that uh, runs on processes uh, so how how would you uh, do do you think that those processes you know again going back to my to my favorite author uh, Neil Stevenson he's got this this uh, book Snow Crash where uh, franchises basically that the, the franchisee gets a big uh, binder full of manuals and whatever mm-hmm. happens they just flip to the right page and follow the manual now do would you get this kind of thing because it sounds from you like like you don't really you need to set up the business as if you were setting up your own business right well you know and i i guess if if i if i conveyed that uh i, I may have mis, misspoken um i i think i think one of the fa- one of the big failings and and it's also one of the big successes for a, a very smart operator but business acumen comes into that but uh you know you're buying a franchise you're buying a a, a, pr- a process you're buying a name and a, and a hopefully proven process. To, to divert from that is just, can be suicide. I would say 80% of the time it's, it's, it's the wrong way to go. And, you, and then, and that's, and we see that in, in the benchmarking that we do for franchisors, 
you know, they come out with a, a, a product, their franchise system, and it, there's a model for that. They sell one to me and I follow the rules to the T, they're good. They sell one to you and you decide to cowboy it and add, you know, services and products and that aren't on the menu, that aren't, you know, really uh, uh, congruent with, that, with the, uh, the, the premise. And all of a sudden it's a different business. And um, that's where the franchisor says, we got to get our arms around this because we don't know, we don't know how it's morphed now that it's out in the real world and there are people like you and me doing things a little bit differently. So um, <laughs> I, I would say one of the, one of the best things that somebody could do, if they're going to buy a franchise, they need to buy into the concept. They need to buy into the, the, the processes. And if they don't buy another one or start something on, on their own. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, it's, uh, it, it, it definitely sounds like, you know, getting a franchise is, is firstly, it's, it's, it's a big decision and you have to be very aligned with the business, uh, that you're, you're, you're buying into because it's, it's an investment, right? It's an investment on both sides, investment of the brand, uh, and investment of the resources from the franchiser side. And it's, it's an investment, a personal investment from the franchisee side, uh, if people wanted to to learn more about your services and and actually get in contact with you, if they 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 would find those those services valuable, where can they contact you? Um, our uh, our website is is uh, uh, Volpe Consulting um, dash Accounting dot uh, com, and uh, we we've got a, a fairly decent website. I, I I like it. It seems to return fairly well for us. And um, you'll find things on there that I don't even know are there. We will link the, the website. We will link the website in the um, description to the episode. Uh, so anyone who, who wants will be able to, to click on this. Uh, thank, you. Thank, thank you very much for, your, for, for, for the experience, because I think you know, there is, it is definitely... Uh, um, experience can't can't be uh, replaced with anything. You just have to live through it, and to actually listen to someone who's who's gone through it is is really invaluable. So thank you very much for uh, sharing that with us. Well, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, and as usual, let's hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. Check out Bob Volp on LinkedIn as well as his company's website, volpconsulting-accounting.com. As usual, all links to the references will be available in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be talking to Marcelino de Santiago, president and COO of Hope Global, a manufacturing company in the automotive sector, as well as co-founder of Borderland Partners LLC, a management consultancy. We'll be di discussing with Marcelino how his experiences in manufacturing helped his consulting practice and vice versa. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit video.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, Artur Guya, and my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Thank you and goodbye.